Welcome to Psychotherapy with Dr. Afia. This podcast is dedicated to exploring the relationship between our hair, our health, and our heritage. For my third season, I'm sitting on the couch with influential psychologists, and I'd love to invite you to listen in as we explore the significance of mental health, the important relationship between psychologists and our communities, why culturally informed wellness is important to us, and even some common myths about our work. I'm so excited for this episode because I have a VIP when it comes to psychology and hair. You don't get any further or higher than this. I'm sitting with Dr. Evelyn Winfield Thomas, PhD, LP. She is the executive director and special assistant to the president at Western Michigan University. And she's also the published author of a recent chapter in a book called Hair Stress, Physical and Mental Health Correlates of African-American Women's Hair Care Practices. So thank you so much for joining me today. Wonderful. Thank you for inviting me to participate in this wonderful (laughs) opportunity. All right. So I have to ask you what your journey looks like in terms of becoming a psychologist. How did it start? I need to know this information. Wow. Okay. So when I think, um, reflecting back on my journey, um, I was a engineer major. Engineering? Yes. (laughs) I started out pursuing engineering uh, at the institution where I work, um, and I was a collegiate athlete. I was a softball uh, player, Hmm. and so I won't go into a whole lot of detail, but eventually I transferred um, to a historically black college, Mm -hmm. Dillard University in New Orleans, Louisiana, and I connected with a wonderful psychologist very early during my years of school there, my first year as a transfer student, Mm -hmm. and so I connected with a black psychologist. He's passed on now, Mm -hmm. and Um, he invited me to consider psychology. And because of the connection that I had with him, I decided to take uh, psychology courses. And so it just evolved from there. And so I moved away from engineering. I thought I might be a nurse or a math teacher when I went to... uh, Okay, all types of careers. (laughs) Yeah, well, I just, you know, being strong in math and science, you know, engineering was, um, I was encouraged to pursue engineering. And then when things didn't work out, I eventually um, left um, the area and went to New Orleans. Um, I got on this pathway towards psychology, and that became my career path. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. So <clears throat> it sounds like you found the right mentor and really connected to the subject in that way. I'm wondering, how does your job work now in terms of being an executive director, special assistant to the president? What does that mean at a university, and how do psychologists get into that role? Well, you know, black colleges produce, as we know, um, many leaders, and you find that many black administrators are graduates of um, black colleges. Mm. Yeah, there's data to um, and research to, to support that. But um, I, when I initially um, went to Western Michigan University uh, 20 years ago, I worked in the university counseling center setting, mm-hmm. and it was a um, non-teaching academic unit. Um, I was on a tenure track, so I completed the tenure process, so I'm a tenured faculty member, but because I, um, I, as a psychologist, 
we identify strongly, at least I do and others do as well, as change agents. Mm -hmm. um, administration uh, became a consideration for me. I thought that there were some things I could do or um, ways I could impact the institution in support of student success, I mm -hmm. will say. And so I moved into administration. And then I had an opportunity about 10 years into the work in the counseling center um, as a director at that time. Mm -hmm. um, I was able to, um, I was invited to serve in institutional equity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so that's civil rights compliance work, affirmative mm -hmm. action, equal employment opportunity kinds of work. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's not so much related to um, <laughs> hair. hair and this research, <laughs> but um, you know, my interest in hair and research started when I was a graduate mm -hmm. student mm -hmm. um, working on my PhD um, at um, Southern Illinois University at Carbondale. And so I had this idea that this idea about hair stress came to me just because mm -hmm. my own traumatic experiences with hair and just learning about the experiences of other um, black women mm -hmm. and hair was always um, a part of the conversation. It would come up at, um, in most conversations when you're engaging with black women. And so I learned about some of their, their stories, their experiences as you know so well, mm -hmm. given the work that you do. Mm -hmm. And one day it came to me, you know, there's this cycle of hair stress, regardless of um, how much we know um, that the way we care for our, our hair impacts the hair itself, the damage mm -hmm. that it causes, um, and then and the stress associated with the damage that it causes, we continue to engage in these um, unnatural hair care practices that further damage our hair. And thus we know when we damage our hair, um, it results in um, sometimes scalp damage mm. and irritation. It results in is a condition called alopecia. Um, and there are different types of alopecia. Mm -hmm. And some of the alopecia is genetic, um, but the types of alopecia associated with um, um, our hair care practices are, you know, referred to as mechanical mm -hmm. alopecia um, or chemical alopecia mm -hmm. from the perms and dyes and then mechanical because of the, um, the you know, the, the braiding and the pulling. Mm -hmm. And so um, when a woman loses her hair, um, dermato uh, the dermatology literature, literature speaks to this um, and dermatology professionals, they treat women with alopecia. And it's not always because of genetics. It's sometimes those conditions or hair loss and scalp irritations are associated with how women are caring for their hair. Mm. And so black women um, continue to, and I think that's the piece that I'm probably really, um, it's important, I guess, for us. To, it it interests, me, interests me a lot, but also it's very important for us to understand as a community um, is that we... Um, do these harmful things to our hair, um, and then it has you know, psychological effects. Mm. It affects our self-esteem. It creates anxiety and depression and worry about our, you know, what do I do with this hair now that, it, I, that, that I'm losing it? Mm. Um, what do I do about the balding as a result of wearing braid, perming my hair and then adding weave, and then my hair falls out? And so um, because of the the choices that I have made in caring for my hair, mm. um, it, yeah, it, it just, it's a cycle. 
Yeah, it sounds like it in terms of really wanting to create a certain look or image and then having to go to extremes to achieve that look and then having loss because of it. Mm -hmm. I know an article came out, I think, Lindsay 2017 or so, Mm -hmm. arguing that 47% of black women experience hair loss Mm -hmm. in terms of thinking about how high that is and based on the hair care practices and the hair stress that you're talking about, both the physical and the psychological consequences of transforming the hair from its natural state to an unnatural texture. I quote you all the time, so I know know (laughs) know exactly what to say. Yeah, in terms of even thinking about, like you were saying, these physical consequences of hair loss or even fibroid tumors, ulcers, staph infections that can all come as a result of the hair care process and then the self-esteem concerns that come up. I'm wondering, in terms of your research, how does one measure or study hair stress? So um, with the article that was recently published, um, so we assessed um, um, self-esteem and then we, um, it was survey. We mm-hmm. asked, uh, we did a survey um, and, and asked women um, questions about their hair care um, practices and um, also had a measure of self-esteem. Um, we asked them also questions about their um, satisfaction with their hair um, and the types of, um, if they experienced um, different types of hair um, damage mm. or you know, scalp um, conditions. And we found that there was a relationship between um, hair damage and self-esteem, that negative relationship. Mm. So, yeah, the, there were women who the more um, hair damage, the lower the self-esteem. Mm. Um, we also found mm. interesting that um, black women, um, um, in comparison to black males in this particular study, um, they um, disliked their hair. Um, more than men Mm. um, and were more dissatisfied with their hair. Mm. Um, And so we know um, that there is just more um, research to do and to learn more about the um, hair stress phenomenon um, and and to begin to understand it um, at maybe um, at a deeper level and understand all the correlates associated with it um, because we know um, that their um, attractiveness and Feeling good about oneself is really important. And so hair is um, one of the things, um, one of the characteristics that is very important for mm-hmm. women, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it's associated with attractiveness. Yeah. Um, and it has, you know, hair is, um, it has social cap- capital. Yeah. Um, it results in <laughs> b- benefits or it can result in disadvantages mm-hmm. or create obstacles and barriers for um, women. And so we spend lots of money and time doing our hair, as you know, um, being a a person who studies this as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and so to even make this research a bit more personal, I'd love to hear about your hair story and hair experiences. So I see, are these sister locks? Are they... Are they the official trademark sister locks? Okay, so she has sister locks, and they're twisted up um, on her hair. It looks beautiful. Can you tell me about your hair journey in terms of the experiences you've had and how you ended up um, being natural, having sister locks and all of that? Yeah, so I'm glad you asked that question because um, we... I started out as a young person, um, not really ha- being able to make choices about my hair, mm. um, as a lot of young black women 
um, mothers who um, want to, um, they, they want your hair to grow longer, because I didn't have long hair as a child. They want your hair to grow longer, or they um, want it to be um, straight, uh, more manageable, mm. as they might say. And so I'll, I had those experiences as a young person, you know, the hot comb experiences, the French perms, as they <laughs> used to call them, um, getting, I'm sitting in the chair at the kitchen um um, by the stove, getting a hold in my ear to prevent it from being burned, or then from um, sitting there um, hoping that I my the neck wouldn't get burned um, as they were trying to press the kitchen, mm-hmm. and so those kinds of experiences. And then as I um, became older and able to do my own hair, um, then. Well, I guess I should back up a little bit. So not only did I do the, um, my mother perm my hair, and then not only did she um, press it, but they would, um, we would wear Afro puffs. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they, and I didn't have enough for Afro puff. And so she, would, they had um, these pieces. So I would have my hair French braided up, and then they would put the little, you know, I would create a little bitty, um, little, uh, pull all the hair together, and then they, she, they would uh, take a. Afro puff and pin it on your head. I didn't even know that existed. Yes, back yeah when I was growing up, and so I have my third grade um, school picture was of me with French braids and an Afro puff. Mm. So I had those experiences. But when I um, became old enough to do my own hair, um, it was just a journey. You know, I was an athlete, and so you know, sweating your hair out, and then I have to go to school the next day. Um, so what am I going to do with this hair? Every day it was a, it was a journey, mm-hmm. a challenge. You know, how do I manage this little hair um, as I'm really trying to um, appear, you know, attractive or mm-hmm. beautiful? But at no, but at the same time, I knew I had my hair challenges. Then I had the Jerry Curl experience. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So lots of and then transitioning from that. Mm-hmm. And you were talking. Uh, we were having a conversation earlier about um, hair. Uh, traumatic experiences Mm -hmm. and I had an experience once where um, I had a jerry curl I didn't know much about it I washed it for the first time it became frizzy Mm -hmm. and so I thought oh it's frizzy you need to put a hot comb to it because I had hot (laughs) comb my hair when it was from playing ball um, when it would go back to its natural state, I would use a hot comb oh, to come oh, straight oh, up. Where is this going? I put a hot comb to that frizzy jerry curl hair, but it was processed hair. Mm-hmm. And then my hair started to fall out. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I've had, you know, and so very traumatic. What do mm-hmm. I do with this? I'm a teenager. I'm in mm-hmm. high school trying to figure out, oh my goodness, what I'm going to do about this situation. <laughs> so you had to live through those traumas regardless. Um, and then moving forward, um, transitioning from the jerry curl, getting a perm, and it's just, it's a lot. It goes, and then I decided in um, graduate school that I want to go natural. Mm. I did, and um, so I got braids to help with that transition. Mm -hmm. My hair grew out enough where I wasn't comfortable, I got it cut. And then I started wearing a crop style, Mm -hmm. and then from there, and then twisties from that point, uh, two-strand twists. <laughs> and then I made the decision about mm, about 12 years ago to get um, sister locks. Okay. And so I've been wearing sister locks um, ever since. Nice. And it's a, it's a liberating experience. And so throughout that whole journey, I've always wanted women to embrace their natural hair. God gave us 
this um, beautiful crown of glory, and we know it has meaning, it, ha mm -hmm. it has purpose. And when we alter it from its natural state, um, it can't carry out the function that it is supposed to mm. for us. Yeah, we inhibit the benefits of our hair when we perm it or we dye it with chemical mm. um, or we uh, add too much weave um, to it. Or even if we put a wig on, we mm. can't receive the, 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 the spiritual gifts mm. and blessings um, through our hair. No, don't block your your blessings, don't right? Block your, <laughs> don't block your blessings. <laughs> don't block your blessings. And a wig will block, will block your blessings. And when you um, damage that hair or mm -hmm. irritate that scalp, you, you um, limit your blessings as well. Okay. This, this is lovely. Just to think about your research, mm -hmm. how to study this topic of hair stress, your own experiences and journey mm -hmm. towards embracing your natural hair and just not blocking your blessings. This has been great. So if people want to stay tuned to different projects you're working on, what are you working on and how can they reach out to you? Well, I'm at Western Michigan University, but I'm going to give the, the listening um, audience my personal email address. Oh, okay. And so that's um, E as in Edward, B as in boy, W as in William Thomas, T-H-O-M-A-S, at gmail.com. I would be happy to connect with anybody that wants to know more about this work or who would who's interested in maybe helping do some additional work around on this topic in the future. All right, she, she's putting it out there. Call a call for people <laughs> who are interested in to collaborate to be able to really advance this work that's clearly needed yes. because of how so many ex people are experiencing. I know myself included mm -hmm. um, have experienced this concept or phenomenon of hair stress. So. Thank you so much for participating in my podcast. I could see why um, your work is so needed and how personal it is to you as well. Mm -hmm. um, you have so much wisdom connected to this hair care and hair stress process. Um, and as always, you can follow the latest psychotherapy information through our website, psychotherapy.org, and Instagram handle, at psychotherapy. And of course, if you like this podcast, <laughs> you know what to do. Share it with people. Let them know they have some hair stress and that this is something that can be studied and understood and can be addressed. And in closing, let's remember that a path to healthy hair is having strong roots. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Appreciate you so much.